don't you blame the movies? Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Welcome back to the dark side. I am your host, Brianna. And I'm Paige. And this is episode 37 of Dark Adaptation. I'm still not positive it's 37. It is, right? I double checked and triple checked, but I keep <laughs> losing track. I was saying to him, it's like so easy in the beginning when you're like, oh, well, this is only like our third time recording. So obviously it's episode three. And now I'm like, I have to look. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's uh, 37 of them now. So, yeah. I mean, it's a lot to keep track of and all the stories that you've already told. So, you've and, told. And technically more, because some of them are like two parts. So, it's like, oh, God, I have no fucking idea. But 37. This is 37. It's still October. It's still spooky season. It is. It's spooky in here. It's so spooky in here. Paige, why don't you describe for the listener what is before us? <laughs> <laughs> um, a shrine. It is. It is. Gourd and pumpkin shrine. We went to the local farm here. Mm -hmm. We always go every year. Trek out into the pumpkin patch with our little wagon. We forgot (laughs) the first year. We did not forget after that. We learned the hard way. They're heavy. They're so heavy because we get obnoxiously large pumpkins. pumpkins. So yeah, we went out there, walked into the patch, picked our perfect pumpkins Mm -hmm. and some. Because there's like white ones, green ones, all kinds of green ones, mm-hmm. spotted ones, little ones, big ones, round ones, warded long ones. ones, warded ones. Mm-hmm. This is Dr. Seuss's podcast. Crushed Welcome. ones, lots of crushed <laughs> ones. So yeah, we literally have a pumpkin shine. Mm-hmm. And what did you carve? I carved the Sabuki face from the Evil Dead 2 like poster very cool it looks really good it's like a skeleton skull kind of thing going on there uh what did you carve page i would call it like a geometric pattern yeah it's almost like it looks like a stained glass or something yeah kind of it's very cool and you do the like um i shave it shave it i don't yeah this one i didn't carve i shaved i did both i carved and shaved and it looks really (laughs) good those teeth Thank you. We're going to post a picture so you can see all of our pumpkins. Dyson, tell the people what your pumpkin is. It's a very bulbous looking pumpkin with a very, very, very small little face on it. What about the face? It's got, it's got, it's got buck teeth and freckles. And eyebrows. You forgot the brows. Okay, it looks like if any of you have ever seen Ed, Ed, and Eddie, it looks like one of those characters. (laughs) This is very cute. I can't remember who's Ed, Ed, or Eddie, but it looks like one of those. And again, we'll post pictures so you can see. We'll post pictures specifically of our amazing jack-o'-lanterns and of our pumpkin shine, because we do look a little bit crazed. I mean, it's tis the season, right? (laughs) I love it. We're going full out in here. Gotta be in the mood. Mm -hmm. It's October spooky season. And uh, as you can tell, Paige is here. And we were probably like, what the heck, Paige? You were literally just here to tell us some spooky stories. But, you know, she's she's back for her cryptids and folklore series. The mystery episode. And Okay, that's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. You're going to find out finally what it is. I first asked you to do Puckwidgies way back when. Mm-hmm. Back in the day. First episode. And then I, of course, was like, 
Paige, I'm obsessed with Mothman, so you're going to do it. I wasn't like, hey, do you think you will do that? I was like, you're going to do Mothman. <laughs> well, you got to lead me somehow. I got to see what to uh, kind of feel what everyone here wants to hear. So, and would you like a little bit of an update? Okay, thank you, Paige. I would love a Mothman update. So, according to Phantom and Monsters, there have been 150 confirmed sightings in the Illinois area currently. Whoa. Um, uh, and there have been some stories and encounters added since we last did our episode for Mothman, but the stories are from before uh, the newest story that I had told on the Mothman episode. So they're just before August uh, 2nd, 2022. But there are other stories out there, so. Yeah, this is just to say, like, how uh, widespread it is in that area. And people coming forward with their experiences, like, that happened a few years ago or or however long ago. Sorry. And I believe in your episode you had said um, that... A lot of the sort of sightings or encounters with Mothman were kind of similar. Like it was a lot of delivery drivers and stuff that had said they were seeing things. So yeah, people on walks and stuff like that. It could just be like 150 of these similar sightings. Yeah. So it would make sense why you weren't sitting there like, okay, now for (laughs) this year alone, let me tell you, everyone strap in. We're going to talk about 150. That's a lot of of sightings. A lot. I really appreciate you telling me a Mothman update. You're welcome. Because I loved the Mothman episode. You did such a great job. I also kind of dig Mothman. Who doesn't? Now, anyways, right? Everyone's into Mothman. They should be. Okay, I'm, I'm very grateful for the Mothman ep- update. But if we, if we keep talking about Mothman, I'll just be like, cool, this is Mothman part two. Let's go. <laughs> so, yes. Paige, I know that you did... Uh, fuck ton of research Mm -hmm. and you have like 78 pages i believe (laughs) (laughs) i have a lot of pages yes so not 78 that's all together of all the stories that i'm doing probably more than that sure but (laughs) 77 (laughs) i've got about 14 pages that's insane so everybody get ready i'm going to turn it over to Paige, and together we will find out what she is doing because I have no idea. And I'm very excited, Paige. Yes, I have kept it a secret this whole time. Okay, everyone. So turn off the lights, look to a mirror, hold your breath and chant, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. What? <laughs> oh. and you know what's hilarious is that you guys had mentioned Bloody Mary earlier today, what? completely and- unprompted in the bathroom. Yeah, because we, we were like carving our pumpkins. It was bright as day outside. It was daytime. So mm-hmm. we had to test out in the bathroom with all the lights off. It, they were all glowing properly. And we were, I refused to let someone do that in front of the mirror because I am incredibly superstitious or whatever you want to say. <laughs> and it was you, Dyson. You started it off and I'm going to finish it. I wish I, w- I wish I could rewind and go back in that moment and see your face <laughs> i'm glad that i was behind you guys so you didn't see me because i was like Hee-hee. you're just having a no- your own moment with yourself like yeah. mm-hmm. it was a perfect segue and you guys didn't even know it wow okay i'm very excited for this mm-hmm. i I'm just gonna shut up now i'm gonna take it away okay <laughs> so uh what uh experiences do you have with bloody mary if you have any um I mean, I did it when I was a kid, for sure. I did it at a sleepover, and I did it in the school bathroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did it when I was a kid, and I really did do it. Like, all of the lights off. 
in all the bathroom. of the rituals and everything. I don't know if it was all of the rituals because I know that I've heard different things. Like I won't say anything just so mm-hmm. that you can yeah talk go ahead. about yeah, yeah. the rituals. But yeah, just the typical like young kid stuff, like preteen girl stuff of like, oh my god, let's do it in the bathroom. It's gonna be so scary. Let's do Bloody Mary. Yeah, but. I don't think anything happened, but I also was a big pussy about it. So <laughs> it was, it's terrifying. I really do, you know, maybe I don't necessarily believe something's going to show up in your mirror and kill you or something, but I believe what you put out there in the world is a very real thing. And I don't want to fuck with anything. That's why? Named yeah, Bloody why Mary. mess with it? <laughs> Dyson, have you ever had an experience with Bloody Mary? <laughs> Sorry, I'm always going to say something. One time on a cruise, I had an experience with Bloody Mary, and I got to meet the captain, and I blacked out after that. It comes with, like, a little celery in it, right? (laughs) It's delicious. Well, I wasn't clear enough, so that is the answer I'm going to get. Okay, so... (laughs) I was expecting something much more crude. I mean... I met Mary... Perfectly on brand for Dyson. (laughs) (laughs) I should have seen it coming. One I day, should've. he'll tell you all about his nightmare cruise. <laughs> you guys want to hear a scary story about how I can't sit down anymore? <laughs> no, that's not. That's enough of you. Back to your producing corner. Uh, I should have asked. Okay. So uh, in elementary school, probably around like the fourth grade, I remember hearing about it from some classmates. Mm-hmm. So we did the typical like go into the dark bathroom with a flashlight cliche, then look into the mirror and we call for her and then the bathroom plunges into darkness and all of us scream and run for the door, knocking into each other, pushing for the door handle, but the door won't open. <gasps> Panic sets in and in a plea of desperation, the door finally gives away and we scramble out. Our hearts are beating so fast. Someone was just holding the door closed. <laughs> oh my God, though. Yeah. How many people were, were you with? Probably about four, four okay. or five of them. It's, it's a trick that, you know, a lot of older girls play with against yeah. the younger girls and stuff like that, right? But for real, good thing you were in a bathroom because I would have absolutely shit myself. Yeah. I'd be like, I, I'll stay here, guys. And I, and at that time, I was absolutely terrified of the dark, too. Yes. I'm yeah. still a little bit afraid I'm of the dark. Still scared of the dark, yes. Pitch black. Yes. Then don't I'm like, like I don't like this. I've lost all sense of everything. I hate my life. Yeah. I need at least a little bit of light. <laughs> That's spooky. That's actually a cool Bloody Mary experience. Mine's like, I don't know. I vaguely remember it. I was kind of scared, kind of half interested. Also didn't like the people I was with. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have the best time in elementary school and some of the bullies were in there doing that to me. So, but then, you know, you turn around and you do it to other girls because you think it's funny or you're taught to think that it's funny. So complicated life of elementary school girls. (sighs) Yes, exactly. Well, The most common version, at least in North America, is that if you chant Bloody Mary three times into a mirror, you can summon her. And legend states that she will take your soul for herself, ripping it to shreds, leaving your soul to burn, and you will be trapped in the mirror for eternity. Whoa, I didn't know it was that severe. You know, on different scales, depending on where you hear Mm -hmm. it from different schools, but that is like the gist of it. Yes. So there are different variations of the story, and they have different names. So you know, obviously, Bloody Mary. You also have Mary Worth, mm. Mary Worthington, and Mary Wales. I've never heard any of that. Yeah, I've, I've only ever heard of Bloody Mary Bloody up until Mary. now. And uh, so most of the rituals involving Bloody Mary take place in a bathroom. And then suddenly the materialization of blood in some capacity, right? Mm-hmm. 
So according to folklorist Alan Dundees, he believes that the reason that the legend focuses on female participants between the ages of eight and 13 is due to their experience involving their first menstruation. Okay. I, I, yeah, I can, right. I can see that. And in some capacity, the name Mary Worth might be interpreted as your life has more quote unquote worth after you have your first period, which to me is obviously extremely sexist, but you know, you know, it like, is way back a, when, when these yeah. tales would have been what's fun. Cause you don't have anything else, but like a hoop and a stick and men tell you what you're worth. So <laughs> yeah. It's like, right? Well, Blood and Mary's come now. We can marry her off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so the legend of Bloody Mary is uh, thought to have come about during a time after World War II. The first person to really write about Bloody Mary academically would be folklorist Jeanette uh, Langlos in 1978 when she was a graduate student and has been the most referenced author when talking about Bloody Mary. Cool. And Langlos believes that, quote, it's still a popular game then and now, and I think it has something to do with girls who felt powerless working out a way to feel powerful, if only briefly, end quote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it would make you feel brave, too. Yeah. Because you'd be like, I have the balls to do this. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Testing your will to see if you can overcome your fear. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's also to be noted that uh, Langlos didn't uh, agree with Dundee's interpretation about the ritual and the legend, about it being for menstruation and stuff. So Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, so there's different uh, ritual variations. So one of them is uh, you turn off the lights, turn around five times chanting Bloody Mary and stop in front of the mirror. In the reflection, you would see a headless woman in a white dress with a bloody knife in one hand and her own head in the other hand. Oh, it's making mm-hmm. me think of like Mary Queen of Scots or something. Yeah, it could be referenced to that, right? Um, Ritual two that I've heard about is uh, you could turn around 13 times and call out Bloody Mary 13 times. And when you are done, her face would appear in the mirror. 13. 13. (laughs) (laughs) Well, 13 is also a significant number with, you know, devil and stuff like that, too. So 13 is my favorite number. Is it your favorite number? I'm Mm. not surprised. Uh, so there's also ritual three, uh, girls would go into the bathroom, prick their fingers and press their fingers against another girl's and with their eyes closed would chant, we believe in Bloody Mary 10 times upon looking into the mirror, they would be able to see the face of Bloody Mary. In this ritual, it is said that she looks to be a younger girl with long hair, pale skin and blood dripping from a cut on her forehead. Wow. That's a blood oath. (laughs) Yeah. It is, isn't it? It's like the hangover and he cuts his hand. Blood brothers. <laughs> the wolf back. <laughs> Another ritual is uh, you visit the same bathroom mirror three nights in a row, chanting Bloody Mary three times. On the first night, a spot of blood appears on the mirror. On the second night, the spot of blood gets a little bigger. And on the third night, it's supposed to look like a woman's face. Yo. Another ritual is that at midnight, you would look into a mirror and chant Bloody Mary three times, and then you see your own face covered in blood in the mirror's reflection. That would be a very abrupt. It would be scary to see. Um, Another one is you would turn off the lights, sprinkle water on the mirror, and chant Bloody Mary three times. After this, at some point in the day, Mary would make herself known by causing one of the attendees to bleed in some way. Oh, spontaneous bleeding. Maybe that's what's happening to me, Dyson. Or she would trip you or and then you would fall and scrape your knee and bleed or whatever it was. Sometimes I'll just be sitting talking to Dyson and then my nose will just bleed. 
Bloody Mary's already with you. Ah, Tyson's like, been saying it secretly in, in this apartment for a while now. Yo, I would be like, you're done. <laughs> you're done. Get out of here. Yeah. For those who can't hear, Dyson just looked over at me and said, remember when we saw something in the washroom? I said yes, and he said, I saw it clearer than you, and I don't like it. Because we did see something standing there. You did, eh? Yeah. What did it look like? To me, it just looked like a a black shadow or something. Because Mm -hmm. I thought Kobe kept coming out of the room, so I'd look over. And then he was like, do you see something over there, too? And I was like, yes, it keeps catching my eye. Mm -hmm. That's creepy. Haunted. I'm haunted. Um, another one is in a dark bathroom, you chant Bloody Mary and the toilet water turns red and you have to flush the toilet before you come out. That ritual, I would believe more to Alan Dundee's theory. I was just going to say. menstruation. I'm sure it was twisted in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, another one is to summon Mary, you call Bloody Mary a hundred times Whoa. and then you call come out with your ex. <laughs> So there's there's quite a few different variations of the ritual. I would lose lose count. I wouldn't yeah. be able to get to 100. I would easily just be like, fuck. I would keep a notepad and just bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Tick it off. Tick it off. <laughs> tick it off. Um, so in most of these rituals, to summon Bloody Mary, you must be in front of a mirror in a dimly lit room. Mm-hmm. So mirrors itself have been long thought to be a connection to uh, a portal or between worlds, right? Yeah. Um, and before the use of funeral homes, uh, those that had recently passed away would be kept in the parlor for visitations until their burial. Um, this could mean that the body would be displayed or held in the home for several days. Yes. And any mirrors in the vicinity of the body would be covered or removed for fear that if the deceased saw their reflection, their spirit would be trapped in the mirror or in the house. I have heard that before. You have, eh? It's so spooky. My friend actually, I'll tell you who after. I just don't want to say her name in case her mom is like, why the fuck are you telling everyone about my house? But (laughs) her mom lives in an old house and where they have like their living room, it was a parlor room. Oh, it was, And eh? you can even see the way it's like structured, like the sliding doors and everything and where they would have had like the body on display. It's very creepy, but it's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, they would use it for tea and all these other things, too. Mm-hmm. But, like, just the thought of mainly using it as a funeral home room. Yep. Kind of creepy. Yes. Uh, in certain religions and cultures still practice this today, too. So, um, some parts of Germany and Belgium place white cloth over all the mirrors. Uh, sometimes with this tradition, they would also cover up anything else with reflections, such as windows, silverware, clocks, oh. any metals, and sometimes even paintings they would turn and face the wall. Wow. And this is only if someone's in the home that's dead, right? Well, there have been instances where they cover the room of a dying person and have waited until they passed away before they were removing the body and then removing the cloths and everything from the mirrors, preparing mm -hmm. for their departure. We are taking precautionary steps here. Yeah, exactly. They don't want them to be trapped, obviously. They want them to go into their next life or their afterlife or whatever it is. Whatever they believe. Yeah. Um. So according to the article, Why Are the Mirrors Covered in a House of Mourning, published by Kabad.org, which says that part of the Jewish practice during uh, mourning is to cover the mirror for seven days of mourning in the household that have experienced the loss the hardest. Oh, wow. Yeah. So if it was like you're the closest relative to that person or something. Then exactly. Yeah. Makes sense. 
And the reason for doing this is believed that there is uh, all manner of evil spirits that wish to take advantage of the family of mourning. Oh, Yeah. They're um, the most vulnerable. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they believe that, quote, when a soul leaves this world, it leaves a void, an emptiness that is prone to be filled by dark forces, end quote. Spooky, spooky stuff. It is very spooky. Um, in the 18th century, many believed that if you stared too long in the mirror, the devil would appear. Ew! Yeah. In the 18th century, eh? Yeah. They're like, vanity is a sin! Yeah. Don't stare at yourself for too long. And yeah, there is mention... Fat, but the devil's is fatter. <laughs> <laughs> what? Something about the devil's is fatter. I said that ass is fat, but the devil's is fatter. <laughs> idiot. <laughs> uh, especially in a curved mirror, eh? Yeah, that's true. Like, am I in a funhouse? What's going on here with this body? <laughs> Um, there is mention of a mirror ritual in Robert Burns' poem, Halloween, written in 1785. 1785. Here we go. And it is, excuse me, translated from Burns' original Scottish dialect. Okay. Um, and to say it in a Scottish accent page. Oh, I'm, I know. (laughs) I am not, I'm not going to do that to the people of Scotland. The closest Scottish accent I can do is if I'm imitating the dwarves from Lord of the Rings. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta start somewhere, I guess, right? (laughs) Uh, so it reads, quote, good Lord, but she was quaking. But whether it was the devil himself or whether it was a beam end or whether it was Andrew Bell, she did not wait on talking to ask that night. Little Jenny to her grandmother says, will you go with me, grandmother? I will eat the apple at the glass I got from Uncle Johnny, end quote. Whoa. Yeah, so it references a superstition at the time where if you stood in front of a mirror in a dimly lit room eating an apple on Halloween, then the face of the man you were destined to marry would appear over your right shoulder asking for a piece of the apple. Wow. Or if you did this and the man you love reciprocates your love, then he will appear in the mirror. Mm, Okay. Yeah, and in the poem, the grandmother rejects the idea, saying that many people have gone mad doing this, and that you're asking for the devil to visit you. Well, you can't keep staring in that mirror all day. Get out there and find yourself a man. Stop asking the mirror. Yeah, it's a very long poem. There is a journal article titled Strange Face in the Mirror Illusion, and it talks about a study conducted and researched by Giovanni B. Caputo that was published in 2010. And Giovanni conducted his study by placing a mirror in a quiet, dimly lit room with a lamp that has a 25 watt incandescent light bulb. The lamp was placed directly behind the observer on the floor, so they couldn't see it uh, when they were sitting directly in front of the mirror. And the observer sat about 0.4 meters away from the mirror. And then the experiment began. Quote, the task of the observer was to gaze at his or her reflected face within the mirror. Usually after less than a minute, the observer began to perceive the strange face illusion. Phenomenological descriptions were made by 50 naive individuals ranging the age of 21 to 29 years old. At the end of the 10-minute session of mirror gazing, the participants were asked to write what he or she saw in the mirror. The descriptions differed greatly across individuals and included A, huge deformations of one's own face, which was reported by 66% of the participants. Whoa! Um, B was a parent's face with traits changed, and that was about 18%, um, of whom 8% were still alive and 10% were deceased. Ooh, spooky. C... 
an unknown person, which was 28%. That's more spooky. D, an archetypal face, which uh, such as like an old woman, a child, or a portrait of an ancestor, which was about 28%. Mm. Um, e was an animal face, such as a cat, do- a pig, or a lion, which was 18%. Oh. And fantastical and monstrous beings, 48%. Okay. End quote. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those big jump. Big percentages. They had the one that was 67% of something seeing like a deformed shape. Yeah. It, other than their huge face, like their own faces reported at 66%. The highest was fantastical and monstrous beings. Oh. Yeah. And it also mentions that, quote, the participants reported that apparitions of new faces in the mirror cause sensations of otherness when the new faces appear to be that of another unknown person or strange other looking at him or her from within or beyond the mirror. All 50 participants experienced some form of a disassociative identity effect, at least for some apparitions of strange faces and often reported strong emotional responses to these instances, end quote. I don't like that at all. You're like almost having an out of body experience in this room. It completely changed the way you, what you saw and how you felt looking Ooh. into and staring into a mirror. Ew. This is a spooky experiment. Mm-hmm. Well, we're doing it for a scoop, spooky episode. That's so spooky season episode. Yeah. Episode three in the spooky season, uh, season. <laughs> <laughs> smooth, smooth, smooth. So, uh, we're also going to talk kind of about, like, mirrors in movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. So, in Disney's Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, the evil queen says, quote, Slave in the magic mirror, come from the farthest space. Through wind and darkness I summon thee. Speak. Let me see thy face. End quote. That part always scared me as a child. Mm-hmm, it was creepy. It was so, so creepy. Yeah, and he, could he possibly be trapped because no one covered a mirror upon his death? Mm-hmm. Or was he enslaved there by a witch? And the evil queen was also a witch yes, because she, she made her poisoned apples. I already had thought of Snow White, actually, when we, Did were, you? when we were doing this. Yeah, because you had like talked about the apple and the poem or the story that you quoted with like, should I eat this apple in the glass, you know? And I was like, oh, I'm picturing Snow White. Also, last year, Pumpkin, the poisoned apple from Snow White, that is what it was. Yes. For anyone yes. who's following. That was so cool. I was driving me insane, too. I was like, I I can picture all of these pumpkins that we've carved, because we do it every year. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why am I drawing a blank specifically on the one that you carved? Yeah, and then the year before that was Pac-Man, Pac-Man. with the ghost, and they were running around the pumpkin. Mm-hmm. I get very elaborate with mine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we both like to take it seriously. Yeah. And again, we're going to post pictures of the ones we did today. Yeah, and we hope to see yours. Oh, yeah. Everyone send us your... send. Oh, sorry, I got really excited. <laughs> Please send us your pumpkins. <laughs> Everyone. Send us your masterpieces, people. Yeah, share pictures of your jack-o'-lanterns or your pumpkin painting or... Maybe you decorate your house. Okay. Yeah. See your elaborate decorations. Everyone send in their photos of spooky season. And I don't want any surprise dick pics, okay? None. That would just be disappointing. There's always that one person. There is. I was listening to this uh, po- this podcast I love. It's the Always Sunny podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Megan is like the producer, sort of like moderator of the group. And she was uh, obtaining videos for this kind of contest that they were doing of who's the most Philly. And she was like, I'm so surprised. We only received one dick pic (laughs) usually there's more but people actually have decency nowadays Uh 
That's great. Eh, to some capacity. capacity. Anyway, of course, we got off track with the dick pics. Yes. But anyway, pumpkins, we love them. Send them over. Huh? <laughs> yes, send us your pumpkins. So can you think of any other movies that have like magic or strange mirrors in them? Uh, the first one that comes to mind is Oculus. Okay. You want to explain that one a little bit? Um, well, there, there's a spooky mirror. Okay, great. Any other ones? <laughs> That's all we needed to know, I guess. Okay, there's like so many that I'm now drawing a blank. There's some moments in Insidious with some spooky mirrors. Mm-hmm. Um, Candyman, obviously, mm-hmm. involves mirrors. Every horror movie where they close the bathroom. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh, you're talking. You Dyson always see it in the mirror. Just mentioned the like trope of like the ch- sort of stereotypical jump scare of someone getting ready for bed or something, and they open the the medicine cabinet and they close it. And you th- are expecting something behind them in the mirror, and sometimes it happens. Sometimes you get faked out. But you're right. That is in like any scary movie. Mm-hmm. Always the jump scare. I don't. I can see all these images in my head, and it's just like reeling. Poltergeist. Oh yeah, I already. At least Poltergeist three does that. Okay. Poltergeist. I already made a reference to that too when the it's the first one is face melts off into the sink. Poltergeist one, the the a guy or girl, I don't remember which one, cuts her face off or his face off in the mirror and starts peeling it off like this. Okay. Comes a bloody skeleton in front of the mirror. That's That's creepy. Yeah. Yes. That's what I just said. Oh right. But yes, <laughs> Dyson is just really excited because he doesn't, he's never really watched scary movies and I make him watch every single scary movie. I'm glad you chose Ill. another victim other than myself. So. <laughs> Thank you. So yeah, I won't keep going on about all of the times that there's mirrors in horror movies. That's okay. So many. It's like, it's yeah. like one of the biggest tropes. Yeah. And I mean, even in Lewis Carroll's Through the Looking Glass. Alice enters a new and crazy world through a mirror where everything is backwards and goes on a dreamlike adventure. That's so true. And in Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, Dumbledore warns Harry about many a men who have withered away staring at the mirror of Arazd. Oh, really? Yes, which is a mirror which shows you your greatest desire. Arazd is desired spelled backwards. And so he mentions that, you know, that's where Harry sees uh, his parents because that's what he desires most Mm -hmm. is to be with his parents. And so uh, Dumbledore comes by and says don't keep doing this it's kind of like that lore of like if you keep staring in that damn mirror you're gonna see satan yep and you're gonna spend your whole life locked in front of this mirror because you can't look away um and in the film return to oz released by walt disney pictures in 1985 dorothy finds herself back in oz and meets momby who lives in the deserted royal palace of oz by herself the room is covered in mirrors on every wall, floor, and ceiling so that she can always admire her reflection. Mm. Mombi has a nasty habit of taking the heads of beautiful girls and locking them in her special hallway of cabinets specifically made to hold them. This is in Return to Oz? Yeah, in the 19, uh, 80s? 1985 version, yeah. That's pretty dark. It is very dark. I'd like to watch it. <laughs> I'm sure it's out there somewhere for you to watch. I also love how I was instantly like, let me think of any scary movie with a mirror. And you're like, you know, it doesn't have to be scary. No, it doesn't have to be scary, but I knew you would go yeah. that way. So I didn't, I wasn't prepared for <laughs> scary movies. <laughs> I was prepared for other ones. Um, 
But Dorothy escapes from the tower she was held in and attempts to get the powder of life, which brings back people back to life, um, which is in the same cabinet as Mombi's original head, as well as a bunch of other magic potions. And later in the movie, Dorothy returns to Oz and finds Princess Ozma, who has been trapped in the mirror and pulls her from her prison. Wow. So there's a lot of references all over the place about magic mirrors. Magic mirrors and them being some sort of either portal or prison or... Wait a minute. Wait a minute, what? Oz. Ozma. Like we'd never notice. Princess Ozma? (laughs) Yeah, she is the one true princess of Oz. Apparently she uh, gets the Emerald City after the guy, the mayor, I guess, uh, leaves. Oh. I haven't actually... I don't even. I know there's like a bunch of Wizard of Oz books, but I. Yeah, and it's like the return to Oz. I think is like a bunch of different Oz stories kind of meshed together. Interesting. I only have. I think I've only seen the classic one. Mm. Yeah, Judy Uh, Garland. Yeah, Judy Garland. I didn't like a few years ago, or maybe it's like a decade now because I'm out of touch. But (laughs) there's like new Wizard of Oz movies. Yeah, I think there was one with. James James Franco Franco. and someone else. I bet it was absolutely shit. I think I tried to watch it and I wasn't into it. Ugh, that's probably fucking poo. I didn't get it. So we're going to kind of talk about Mary Worth now, the name Mary Worth. Okay, thank you. (laughs) Yeah, so Mary Worth was kind of first mentioned in 1976 in a collection of stories in American and children's folklore. Mm. Um, And in an article posted by the LLIFS about the legend of Bloody Mary, she also has variations in name either Mary Worth, Mary Worthing, or Mary Worthington. Okay, so just shortened and then shortened. Yeah, long, long, long. Um, And in one of the versions, it is said that she had been using black magic and had lived for over 100 years. And there is also a version where she, quote, would kidnap runaway slaves and chain them up to perform rituals and use them as a sacrifice in her barn, end quote. All right, that's spooky. Yeah, and this was the during the time of the Civil War, and when locals found out about the horror of her ways, she was captured and burned at the stake. Oh, After she had died, her body was buried on the land of which she was uh, buried and cursed. After a few decades, a man and his wife bought the farm. And as they were working the land for their planting season, they had found a gravestone believing to be it, uh, Mary's marker. Oh, no. And they had moved it closer to the house. And many weird things started happening. What do you expect? You moved a tombstone. That's insanity, people. Leave it where it lies. And after realizing what they had done, they attempted to put the stone back, Julie. but were unable to remember the location of where it was found. God damn it, Farmer Fred, or whatever his name is. Yeah, and uh, there was, this resulted in the ghost of Mary Worth haunting and tormenting them until the house burnt to the ground. Oh, you mean like she was burnt out of the stake? So she burnt the house down. Okay. Yeah. Okay, for, sadly, that sucks. But like, why are you moving someone's headstone, y'all? Leave her alone. Leave her be. This, uh, let this person rest where they where they are. Exactly. Uh, that's great. Let's disturb it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and in in another version, 
is that a beautiful and narcissistic woman named Mary Worthington would spend much of her time looking into a mirror, but a tragic accident left her face so disfigured that she couldn't stand to look at herself and ultimately ended her life, uh, forever tying herself to her mirror. Oh my goodness. And according to an article published by Lake County Journal in 2013, it talks about Bloody Mary Worth of Gurney, Lake County, Illinois. There is a tale of a witch named Mary Worth who lived in Gurney in 1860s. And she would lure the slaves who had run away from the South back into captivity and uh, send them back for a price. Mm -hmm. Um, So, or she would help them leave the South only to turn around and sell them for a profit. Oh my God. And uh, Mary would also torture and kill some of the slaves that had escaped for a better life. And upon kidnapping or killing them, she would also use them for rituals in dark magic and witchcraft. This is is something from a nightmare. Yep. Right. And when Lake County found out about her disturbing acts, they burned her uh, at the stake for her crimes. And while she stood there burning, she cursed the people of the town and told them that she would be back to torment them by appearing in their mirror. Oh my god, that's such a specific threat. It is a very specific (laughs) threat. Um, And so in a story retold of Bloody Mary by S.E. Schlosser from the Spooky series found in Spooky, Pennsylvania... Quote, she lived deep in the forest in a tidy cottage and sold herbal remedies for a living. Folks living in the town nearby called her Bloody Mary and said she was a witch. None dared to cross the old crone for fear that their cows would go dry, their food stores rot away before winter, their children take sick of fever, or any number of terrible things that an angry witch could do to her neighbors. Then the little girls in the village began to disappear one by one. No one could find out where they had gone. Grief-stricken families searched the woods, the local buildings, and all the houses and barns, but there was no sign of the missing girls. A few brave souls even went to Bloody Mary's home in the woods to see if the witch had taken the girls, but she denied any knowledge of the disappearances. Still, it was noted that the haggard appearance had changed. She looked younger, more attractive. The neighbors were suspicious, but they could find no proof that the witch had taken their young ones. Then night came when the daughter of the Millers uh, rose from the bed and walked outside, following an enchanting sound no one else could hear. The Miller's wife had a toothache and was sitting in the kitchen, treating the tooth with an herbal remedy when her daughter left the house. She screamed for her husband and followed the girl out of the door. The miller came running in his nightshirt. Together, they tried to restrain the girl, but she kept breaking away from them and heading out of town. The desperate cries of the miller and his wife woke the neighbors. They came to assist the frantic couple. Suddenly, a sharp-eyed farmer gave a shout and pointed towards a strange light at the edge of the woods. A few townsmen followed him into the field and saw Bloody Mary standing beside a large oak tree, holding a magic wand that was pointed towards the miller's house. She was glowing with an unearthly light as she set her devil spell upon the miller's daughter. The townsmen grabbed their guns and their pitchforks and ran towards the witch. When she heard the commotion, Bloody Mary broke off her spell and fled back into the woods. A far-sighted farmer had loaded his gun with silver bullets in case the witch ever came after his daughter. Now he took aim and shot at her. The bullet hit Bloody Mary in the hip and she fell to the ground. The angry townsmen leapt upon her and carried her back into the field where they built a huge bonfire and burned her at the stake. As she burned, 
Bloody Mary screamed a curse at the villagers. If anyone mentioned her name aloud before a mirror, she would send her spirit to revenge herself upon them for her de terrible death. When she was dead, the villagers went to the house in the woods and found the unmarked graves of the little girls the evil witch had murdered. She had used their blood to make her young again. From that day to this, anyone foolish enough to chant Bloody Mary's name three times before a darkened mirror will summon a vengeful spirit of the witch. It is said that she will tear the bodies to pieces and rip their souls from the mutilated bodies. The souls of these unfortunate ones will burn in torment as Bloody Mary once was burned, and they will be trapped forever in the mirror. End quote. That is very well read and also very, very spooky. Isn't it? I just kept picturing like Blair Witch. And also, um, when uh, the little girls in the villages began to disappear and there was no sign and then she heard an enchanting sound, it sounds like Hocus Pocus. Oh, it does. And lures the children into, oh. into the woods. And then when you're saying like they have a toothache and they're nursing it with this herbal remedy, I was like, oh, my God, they probably got that herbal remedy from her. She might have. Yeah. <sighs> she was brave enough. Yeah. Yeah. And then like looking at also one of the other names, Mary Wales. So according to the thesis, Bloody Mary in the Mirror, a comparative examination of a living tradition written by Laura Winter, November 2014. According to Winter's research, she found that, quote, texts in the archives of Indiana University collected in 1968 in Salem, Wisconsin, that came from several boys who did not know who Mary Worth was. Just that she comes leaping out of the mirror, screaming and lashing out with her long, sharp fingernails and scratching the chanter's face to shreds, end quote. Ew. Yeah, right? And it seems more like little girls kind of know more about the ritual than little boys. So for little boys to not kind of know really who she is, just that she comes leaping out, yeah. not knowing the ritual either. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you say that because I always just picture young girls mm -hmm. like um like you said between the ages of like about 8 13 years old yeah it's always like young girls in in school or at a sleepover or something it's like never dudes and i never would talk about this with like dudes or my guy friends or anything it was always just like other girls yeah so right? interesting yeah it is it's an interesting way to kind of look at it mm -hmm. um in an article written by langlos titled confessions of a legend hunter in the usa langlos recognizes a story of a then 12-year-old Gaia told her. Gaia talks about how, quote, she had a number of friends at her elementary school in Indianapolis regularly called a spirit back in a mirror in the girl's bathroom, and that the spirit they called back was that of a young woman they called Mary Wales, who had been killed while hitchhiking on a major street near their school, end quote. Oh, interesting. Yeah, a different kind of version, a different twist totally. of events. Yeah, and this led Langlois to recognize this from the tale of the vanishing hitchhiker of Indiana. Ooh. And so the story goes that Mary Wales was standing on the corner in a long white dress in the rain. And when someone would stop and offer a ride, she would disappear once she was in the back seat, leaving a bloodstain where she had been sitting. Oh, I haven't heard the bloodstain, but I have frequently heard about that. Like you finally pick them up and you're driving and you look in the rearview mirror and they're gone. And no one's there. But yeah. I've never heard the bloodstain part. Ew, that's spooky. I guess spooky. that's tailored specifically to Bloody Mary's yeah. hitchhiking trail. Gotta uh, make it a, her story unique. Mm-hmm. Ew. Yeah, and then I would never pick up a hitchhiker though. Just saying, never. Not as a sole woman driving. No way. There's so much shit that could go wrong. Absolutely. It's it's a scary thought. Um, we're gonna uh 
go through a retold story of Bloody Mary Wales Mm -hmm. by S.E. Schlosser from Spooky Series Spooky Indiana. All right, let's do it. So, quote, Old Man Wales was an evil man who loved money more than anything in the world except his wife. In his lust for wealth, he supplemented his farm income by catching runaway slaves who were escaping to freedom through Indiana. Again, man. Mm-hmm. Again with the slaves, right? There's a very common denominator in yes. there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Mary was, would, uh, sorry, Wales would chain the ex-slaves up in his barn cellar until he could collect the reward on them. When he couldn't find slaves, he'd capture free men and sell them into slavery. What? Mm-hmm. That's disgusting. And when the Civil War ended slavery, it was a disaster for the evil whales, who no longer had a profitable source of income to supplement his farm work. And then his beloved wife died in childbirth. Overnight, whales fell to pieces. He hated the child, a little girl named Mary, Uh-oh. who had killed his wife. Oh, no. He neglected her dressed her in rags, making her do all the farm chores and starving half to death. In spite of this cruel treatment, Mary grew into a sweet girl who loved her wicked father. Mm -hmm. As Mary reached adulthood, the resemblance to her dead mother was striking. Wales saw his dead wife every Mm -hmm. time he looked at his daughter who had caused her death. I'm scared for her. One night, after a hefty bout of drinking, Wales lumbered into Mary's bedroom and stabbed her repeatedly. Mary woke screaming and thrashing around in agony, trying to fight off her demonic father as blood spurted everywhere and bits of torn flesh littered the bedclothes and fell to the floor. When she was dead, old man Wales carried her down to the basement, dug an indifferent grave and tossed her body into it. Two nights later, when old man Wales came back from doing his nightly chores, he found Mary standing in the (gasps) kitchen. Her nearly severed head rolling against one shoulder as she stirred an empty kettle. A pool of steaming blood lay beneath her feet, and bits of her skin from the knife she slashed face breaking off and falling into the kettle. Father! Bloody Mary hissed. Old man Wales screamed and leapt out of the kitchen door. When he glanced over his shoulder, the apparition was gone. A week later, Old man Wales looked up from reading the newspaper to find Bloody Mary sitting in the chair opposite him, her knife-slash dress covered in blood. Her tattered hands were busy knitting him a shirt. Father, she hissed through knife-scored lips. Blood fell from her body like rain as she flew across the room toward him, knitting needles held like knives. Old man Wales fled from the house in a panic with two deep cuts scored across his back. Old man Wales cowered in the barn for several days, afraid of going near his house. After nearly a week of sleeping in the hay and eating raw food from the garden, he decided it was safe to return to the house. The spirit must be gone by now. Old man Wales hurried into the kitchen, eager for a wash and a shave after sleeping so many nights in the barn. He pumped an ewer of water and took it over to the little shaving mirror they kept in the far wall. Uh Uh-oh. When he looked in the mirror, old man Wales saw the glowing red eyes and knife-scored face of Bloody Mary. Her once fair lips were split down the center, and blood dripped from them as she smiled evilly. Father, she hissed, raised blood-stained fingers. Her nails were long and sharpened like claws of a beast. She 
she reached out of the mirror and slapped her father twice across the face. (laughs) Old man Whale screamed, blood streaming from four slashes across his cheeks. She's got those long ass nails. He ran from the house and leapt into the safety of the barn, his heart pounding so hard his chest ached with it. Father, a voice hissed softly a few paces to his right. Old man Wales screamed and whirled around. Bloody Mary stood, smiling at him through her blood-stained, razor-sharp teeth. Her tattered tongue was bleeding from several places, as if it had been scored by a butcher's knife. She pointed above her head, and old man Wales saw a noose hanging from the rafters beside the ladder to the loft. The rope looked inviting, hanging there in a dusty, speckled sunbeam. Obediently, old man Wales placed his hands on the rung of the ladder and started to climb. End quote. That was amazing. Creepy? That story was very creepy. Very good to- story uh, retold by Essie Schlosser. Um, well, Schlosser, I appreciated that story. And Paige, I appreciated your retelling of that story. Thank you. You like the hiss? Yeah, that was spooky. <laughs> Father. Father. I'd probably just start going, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth. <laughs> Janet. Just saying all these <laughs> random names. Dyson. Matthew Page. <laughs> that was some extra hate on the end of that. Page. It's like everything's like two syllables. Father. Father. Tyson. Page. Yeah, thanks, parents. <laughs> <laughs> One syllable name. Yeah. No need to nickname it. I I liked that story. That was a good story. Thank you. So, we're going to talk about Queen Mary now. Oh, Queen Mary! Possibly the most likely candidate from which the legend now grew. Yes. So, Queen Mary was born on February 18, 1516, to King Henry VIII and his then-wife, Catherine of Aragon. She was the only child of theirs to survive infancy. Oh. Uh, there's said to be about seven stillborns or short-lived babies that they had had. Oh. Ooh, ooh, that's sad. Yes. That's very rough. And uh, she is said to have a fair complexion with light blue eyes, reddish golden hair, and rosy red cheeks, just like her father. Oh, well, I bet she's beautiful. Uh, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. Any pictures I've really seen of her have been like when she was like in her 30s and I just don't. Maybe the picture just didn't do her justice. <laughs> Whoever was hired was fired. (laughs) (laughs) Probably beheaded. Um, So King Henry wasted no time in negotiating a future for Mary for marriage. At two years old, King Henry promised Mary to Francis Dufon of France, the infant son of King Francis I. Um, But this was renounced after three years. And in 1521, at the age of six, Mary was contracted to her 22-year-old cousin, Yum. Catherine's nephew, Holy Roman Emperor Charles, Charles V, with the hope of forming an alliance between England and Austria, Germany, Spain, Italy. 
right. Um, so he was uh, the Holy Roman Emperor from 15 to 1519 to 1556. Um, he was also the Archduke of Austria from 1519 to 1556. The King of Germany from 1519 to 1556. The King of Italy from 1519 to 1556. The Lord of Netherlands, Duke of Burgundy from 1506 to 1555. And the King of Spain from 1516 to 1556. Okay, so I'm getting the impression he died in 56. Yes, yes, he did. <laughs> also, holy fucking resume, holy mister. Yes, he had a lot of titles. And uh, Charles ended up later canceling his engagement to marry with Henry in agreement uh, as he didn't have time to wait for her to become the age of, of being able to be married. Oh, okay. So he at least Sorry, did the right thing. You busy body. Yeah, I know. Well, she was six. <laughs> <laughs> she was six. <laughs> what did you say? Fifteen fifty-six. Fifteen twenty-one is when she was six. Yeah. Well, um, different time. So by the time Mary was nine years old, it was apparent to Henry that he and Catherine would have no more children, uh, leaving King Henry without a male heir. And Uh-oh. during his marriage, he grew impatient and started taking mistresses. Mm-hmm. So in 1510, Henry had an affair with either Elizabeth or Anne Hastings, uh, Countess of Huntington. Mm-hmm. And in 1516 until 1519, he bitted Elizabeth Blount, who gave birth to an illegitimate son, uh, Henry Fitzroy, in 1519. Oh, boy. And sometime after 1520, Henry took Mary Bolin as a mistress, and it is unknown how long the affair had lasted. Mm-hmm. And in 1522, Anne Boylan became one of the Queen Catherine's ladies-in-waitings and caught the eye of the king. But it is said that she refused his advances, refusing to be his mistress. Um, And it said that she was uh, the driving force for Henry to end his marriage to Catherine. Mm -hmm. And in 1531, Catherine is banished from court and forbidden to see Mary. Oh. And Mary was 14 years old at the time. Oh. Yeah, and during this time, Mary was constantly sick with depression and irregular menstruation. Oh, God. Uh, that's probably why she was depressed. Yep. And her father, like, was right. not a not a great person. No, he didn't give a fuck. He's like, I just want a son, yo. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. And in January in 1533, Anne and Henry married in secret. And Harry offered, Henry offered a... Uh, the mother and daughter better quarters and visitations if they acknowledged Anne as the queen, but both refused. <laughs> Said hell no. Yeah, they were like, we will not. Nope. And Henry had his marriage to Catherine annulled on May 23rd, 1533, and under the argument that since Catherine had previously been married to Henry's older brother, Arthur, Prince of Wales, when he was 15 years old and claimed that under con- uh, canon law, she had become his sister, so that made the marriage invalid. Oh, yeah. This 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 is all just so incest. <laughs> yeah, and um, but Catherine said that uh, their marriage didn't last very long, only six months, and they never consummated the marriage. That was her argument. Mm, well, there you go. And Arthur, yeah, Arthur had died six months into the marriage, uh, and he had died of uh, sweating sickness in April second, fifteen o two. I don't want to hear about sweating sickness. You know how I'm always so sweaty. Yeah, it's the un- sudden onset of symptoms and death occurs within hours. So you should have been dead by now. I should have been dead by now. That's Long for before sure. now. When have we ever hung out and I do not go, I'm sweaty. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sweating sickness. <laughs> You're always sweaty. 
21st century sweaters. Patient zero. Patient zero. So, um, Henry and uh, Catherine's uh, annulment was after 24 years of marriage. Whoa. That's a long time. Yeah, and on May 28th, 1533, five days after Henry's official annulment from Catherine, Thomas Cranmer, Archbishop of Canterbury, approved the marriage of Henry and Anne. Mm. And on September, uh, four months after their official marriage approval and nine months after their secret marriage, Anne had given birth to Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, that's nothing. Let's not even focus on that one. Yep. We'll move right past that. <laughs> so Henry demoted Catherine to uh, Dowager Princess of Wales, which deemed Mary an illegitimate child of Henry's. This guy is a fucking prick. Yep. And so she had her title stripped and was dressed as Lady Mary and the line of succession transferred to Elizabeth. And Mary was sent away in December of 1533 to Hatfield, Hertfordshire, to act as Elizabeth's lady-in-waiting uh, herself. And uh, he, not, yeah, just send just, her off. Yeah, it was a short, you, know what, you know what? I've had enough of you. Make yourself busy. Yep. Go be a servant for her. Yep. And um, from May 1533 to May uh, to 1536, Anne Boylan ruled as queen consort of England. Craziness. And the marriage just kind of gets lost in it all. Mm-hmm. Yep, he was quick. And on uh, January 7th, 1536, Catherine dies with rumors that she had been poisoned. I would not put that past Henry. I don't think Henry directly poisoned her, but you know he had someone go and poison her. Well, King Henry and Anne were yellow following the news of her death in celebration and forbade Mary from attending her funeral. Oh, there you go. Celebration. And, yeah, and Henry uh, did not attend either. Of course he didn't. Nope. Um, he has a, he's got some sort of complex. Yeah, they, uh, there was, t- um, articles about how she had a blackened heart and that could have been due to some sort of cancer of some sort, but blackened heart was normally, uh, associated with being poisoned. I, I firmly believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, and after, after Catherine's death, Anne attempted to make peace with Mary, but her advances were obviously refused. I would never, I would be like, go fuck yourself. Right. Um, and at this time, Anne became pregnant again, but she miscarried on the day of Catherine's funeral. Oh, that's poetic justice. Mm-hmm. Rough, very rough, but well, look what she had done. it coming, I guess. And uh, Henry, growing impatient once again, mm-hmm. turned to his attention to one of Anne's ladies-in-waitings, Jane Seymour. Oh my goodness, this fucking guy. And some say that the stress of watching Henry take other lovers is what caused her to miscarry. Mm. And um, but she would have, she would have been one of those other lovers. Like you know exactly who you're getting involved with. Yep, you know the exact man. Yeah, this is like of course he's going to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's also noted that the fetus that she had miscarried was a boy and actually would have saved her if she had survived. Oh, yo, it's yeah. horrible. And in 1536, Anne and her brother George Boylan were arrested on the charge of incest and treason. Oh, very 1500s. Mm-hmm. And on May 15th, Anne was accused of adultery, incest, and high treason, alleging that she was plotting the, the king's death. I wonder if she really was or if it's just, this is just Henry power tripping again. I mean, she probably had a cause for it, but at the same time, I could definitely see Henry. You kind of see it both ways, eh? Me too. Just offing anyone. Yeah. That doesn't agree with him. Yeah, he's like, he's deranged. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, George was executed on May 17th. And Anne was executed by beheading uh, by an expert swordsman on May 19th. Expert swordsman. Yeah. And after beheading. Anne's death, Elizabeth is stripped of her succession rights and is declared illegitimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that's the way she goes, you know. Ask mm-hmm. Mary all about it. Yep, just moving on. Mm-hmm. Moving on quick, because two weeks after Anne's execution... Jane? Henry met, uh, married his current mistress, Jane Seymour. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. It's like, you like could have predicted that. It's like it's this weird like cycle that he goes through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she did urge Henry to make amends with Mary. Um, but he just bullied uh, Mary into signing a document agreeing to Henry's demands that she accept that the marriage between Catherine and Henry was illegitimate. He's like, fine, I'll talk to you, but only if I get something out of it. Yeah. And on October 12th, 1537, Jane gives birth to a son, Edward. Mm-hmm. And due to complications from an infection, Jane dies on October 24th. Oh, no. Yeah. But Edward's alive? Edward is alive and Mary is made godmother of Edward. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And on January 6th, 1540, Henry marries Anne of Cleves. But upon seeing Anne, Henry thought to her to be unattractive, but for diplomatic reasons, could not cancel the marriage and went ahead with the wedding anyways. Oh, my Lord. But it only lasted six months and the marriage was unconsummated and was annulled. How old? he found her unattractive. Oh, that's fucking ridiculous. How yeah. old is he at this point? Um, Like 40s? Uh, Yeah, he was in his late 40s. Okay. God, he is a he's a train wreck of a human piece of work. Yeah. And um, so in 1541, Henry had Mary's old governess and godmother executed for supposedly attempting to overthrow Henry. Well, I mean, who isn't at this point? Treason. Everyone. Oh, incest. It's mm-hmm. all against me. Just having a party. But apparently. <laughs> he's <not invited. laughs> oh, he's invited because he wants to be front row to see that. <laughs> And apparently the executioner assigned was inexperienced and ruthlessly hacked at her head and shoulders. Okay, um, we so know by now that you have to have an expert swordsman. For Anne, but not for this person. Ew, just hacking at it. Yeah. She's just, you know, she's just screaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, that's, oh, ew, ew, yep. that's so creepy. It is, it's terrible. That's terrifying. So on July 28th, 1540, Henry marries his fifth wife, Catherine Howard. Henry was 49 and Catherine was between 15 to 19 years old. Oh, woof. Creep. Yeah. And she's the cousin to Anne Boleyn. Well, I'm... (sighs) Keeping it close. Keeping the circle real close. (sighs) So Catherine was stripped of her title as queen in November of 1541 so she only made it a year and was beheaded three months later for treasons and committing adultery with her cousin. Whatever. That's always the case with these women, apparently. Mm-hmm. He's just saying that so he can get get rid of them because they don't serve a purpose to him anymore. Exactly. And on July 12th, 1543, Henry marries his last and sixth wife, Catherine Parr, who he is married to until his death in uh, January 28th, Also, was there only like five names collectively that you could choose from? I know. There's two Anne's, one Jane, and three Catherines. Like, like damn. Okay. Yeah. Everyone but had the same exact name. The beheading as a way of death is just frightening. Mm-hmm. That's so gross. It is. But I mean, beheading or burned at a stake? Uh, beheading. Mm. Or hanging? Uh, hanging. Praying. I would like jump 
praying my neck would just fucking snap. That's true. Just go early yeah. while they're reading. Just run. Leap. Yeah. Because you don't want to. Dangle there. Actually hang. No. Um. So Catherine is responsible for the restoration of Mary and Elizabeth's line of successions to the throne. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. And upon the death of Henry, Mary and Elizabeth's younger brother, Edward, becomes King Edward VI on January 28th at the age of nine. Oh, my God. Just a little baby king. Yeah. And uh, during Edward's reign, he continued with his father's work in moving England from Catholic to Protestant literature. Interesting. And um, Edward becomes ill at the age of 15 in, in February 153 with a fever and a cough. Is it sweating sickness? It might might have derived from that, yeah. No! And in anticipation of his untimely death, Edward attempted to leave the crown to his committed Protestant cousin, Lady Jane Grey, attempting to remove Mary and Elizabeth from succession. I'm sorry, Jane? Yes, Lady <laughs> Jane Grey is Henry's sister's granddaughter. Mm-hmm. And it's also the cousin of Mary, Queen of Scots, and the cousin of Mary. Yes. Yes. It's just, of course, there's another Jane. They're all, yeah, they're all very cousin-y, <laughs> very close. Um, so, growing sicker, Mary is summoned to visit Henry as he's laying, he's dying, but receives a warning that the summons was a trick to capture her, thus forfeiting Jane's claim to the throne. Oh, my. And on July 6th, 1553, Edward succumbs to his illness and dies childless. Oh, no. So Lady Jane Grey is proclaimed queen by the, her father-in-law and council member Duke of Northumberland and took the throne on July 10th. Queen. But it is noted that the Duke of Northumberland gave himself the title of Grand Master <laughs> of the Household during Edward's reign from when he was 9 to 15, which gave him supervisional control over the royal household and control of the privy chamber and essentially the king's surroundings. He also placed people that he trusted to advise and surround the king. Oh, my God. It's kind of funny. It's ridiculous. It's, it is. It's, it is ridiculous. He worked himself up and just totally took complete control of Edward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, it is also really sad, because that's just a child. Yeah, he doesn't know what he's doing, right? I guess in the 1500s, if you're nine, you're kind of like a man. You're, yeah, you're doing all the jobs. Your lifespan all the jobs. is like 39 years old. Yeah. <laughs> you're nine? Oh my god, get out there. What are you doing? You're withering away. <laughs> Look at those hands. They're soft. They're baby soft. Get out there. <laughs> so, some believe that the uh, Duke of Northumberland attempted to control the king and influence him to name his daughter-in-law, Jane Grey, as queen upon his death. I mean, I... It was sitting right there. Yeah. Speaks for itself. Thank you very much. And some believe he also poisoned the king, oh, no. causing him to fall ill and die, uh, cementing his own line of succession as royalty. I mean, 15 is young. He's mm -hmm. just a little baby. Yep, just a little kid. I mean, sorry, it's 1500s. He's pretty old, actually. Yeah, he's like in his 30s, right? <laughs> now. <laughs> On July 19th, 1553, Mary takes back the crown nine days after Edward's death and becomes the first queen regnant of at the age of 37 after sending a letter proclaiming herself the grateful queen. Nice. Um, but many have disputed whether Jane was considered the queen of England and Ireland for those nine days. No, because it was all under superficial. 
Mm-hmm. So, like it should never have count. You could be able to redact that permanently. Exactly like, right. No, like she is. She. Just... It's all about blood with them, right? Yeah. She is the next in line for for it. So then you either just imagine it was Mary for those nine days, or it was. There was no one. It was yeah. fucking free land for a minute there. Yeah, because she had sent, I think, a letter that arrived the same day proclaiming herself as queen as the day that they had proclaimed Jane, Lady Jane Grey, as queen or Northumberland did. So, <sighs> and then... Uh, weasels. Right? Yeah, weaseling their way into power, yeah. right? Um, and regnant means a queen who rules on her own and has her own sovereign powers. They rule without the need of a husband. Queen Elizabeth II was a queen regnant. Wait, what? Yeah, because um, Prince Philip could she had to keep to keep her line uh, her line of succession in her name. Oh, yeah. He was only ever proclaimed as um, mm-hmm. Prince Philip. He was never King Philip. That's. Right, she was Queen Elizabeth II. That's kind of that's kind of sick, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was apparently he was not happy about that when that happened. Well, who gives a fuck? Because you're just a prince. But she's a damn queen. <laughs> and then uh, some people confuse regnant with regent, which means that they share their rank and title with their spouses or their child, depending on if they are ruling for their child upon their husband's mm-hmm. death until they are of age or um, ruling with their husband. <laughs> Um, so Mary and Elizabeth ride into London on August 3rd, 1553, with overwhelming support and a procession of over 800 men and nobles. Cool. And her first assembly in Parliament, Mary declares the marriage between Henry and Catherine valid. Ha! Getting she's back like, for people it. People don't forget. Nope. First thing she did, she held a grudge, obviously, she's and 30, I don't blame her. She's 37 at yes. this point. Oh, yeah. She's like, no, I'm not ever letting that go. Yep. And in that time, I mean, she, that's basically 60, so... Exactly. <laughs> My dying word. My mom would hate that I said that. <laughs> hey, it's, we're talking about the 1500s, okay? Yeah. It's okay, Mrs. Reed. <laughs> uh, in November 1553, Jane was convicted of high treason and was viewed as a threat as there was talk of a rebellion against Mary's intent to marry Prince Philip II of Spain, who was 11 years Mary's junior. He was 26 years old. Eh, whatever. Prince Philip was Charles V's only legitimate son. That was the... Only legitimate. Yeah. Make sure we say legitimate. Legitimate son, yes. <laughs> and Charles V was previously promised to marry when she was six years old. Oh, that's right. Yeah. How could I forget about that? Yeah. How can you... Ew, that's so weird It really me. comes around. It's just so wild. Yeah. <sighs> so the English believed that Mary's intent to return the country to Catholicism was the direct work of Philip philip's influence um and they did not like that Mm -mm. um and uh but they just after two days of meeting uh philip and mary wed oh oh my they were like quick instant hard eyes yep and philip only how old are you 37 oh fuck we better get on this right now like you only got like maybe three years left yeah not much time (laughs) left and philip only agreed to the marriage out of the duty and did not find mary attractive he also couldn't speak any english so they spoke in spanish french and latin Okay, but she could speak those languages. I believe so, yes. That's fucking badass. She's like, yeah. oh, you can't speak English? That's fine. I'll I'll speak your language. She's very well read. Uh, but I'm ugly? Oh, that's rude. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, that's rude. I'm the queen. Yeah, she is the queen. And she had Lady Jane and her husband executed on February 12, 1554. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these, these kings and princes and whatever are like, you're ugly. All the time. It's like, oh my God. Who gives a fuck? 
She's a badass queen. Well, they're also very inbred, so I mean... It's like... They you, might have deformities. These people... <laughs> the people who are like, you're ugly, I can't marry you. It's probably like, they're probably a troll. Probably. <laughs> it's like, sir, have you looked in a mirror? Yeah, right? Um, so at the time of Lady Jane's death, she was 16 or 17 years old. Oof. Oh, wow. That's young. Yeah. Imagine she was 15, just like Edward. It's pretty close. Yeah, I know. But it would be so very poetic if she was also 15. Mm-hmm. It would be. And uh, so during Mary's reign, she attempted to restore Roman Catholic, uh, the Roman Catholic Church as the prominent religion in England. And at first, Mary allowed and acknowledged the religious dualism in their country. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mary was constantly compared to the young and beautiful Elizabeth. Of course. Yeah. So her desire to revert the state religion back to Catholicism had many seeing Mary as rigid and out of touch. Oh, and Elizabeth was seen as flirtatious, poised, and regal. Oh, ooh la la. Yes. Look at her. She's such a fox. The very good sister, bad sister. Honestly. Yeah. And in 1554, upon hearing that Mary would, mar- uh, Mary would marry Philip, <laughs> a Protestant insurrection broke out to take the throne from her in favor of Elizabeth. Wow. And Mary had Elizabeth imprisoned in the Tower of London, as she had believed that Elizabeth was planning to overthrow her, though Elizabeth maintained and protested her innocence. I I bet she was planning to overthrow her. She might have been. Because you have this entire support of, like, half half the people or whoever, how many people who are like, you know, we kind of just dig you more, you know? You're like, you're a fox, man. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and someone kind of has to start it and have something to back them to for the yeah. coup to happen, right? And there's people who are like, we like her better. Yeah. You should do it. Oh, my God. You know what? You should totally overthrow your sister. It happens <laughs> all the time, right? Mm-hmm. And um, the leader of the Protestant insurrection, Sir Thomas Wyatt, was defeated by Mary's forces, and he was executed for his treason. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And Mary established Queen Mary's Marriage Act where Philip would be called King of England, but Parliament would need both of their names as joint authority on all official documents. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was only, like, named King of England in name, but that was all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, also in the agreement, England was not obligated to support Charles V, uh, Philip's father, in any war. Um, and Philip could not act in the name of the crown on his own, so he needed his wife's consent. That makes sense. Is And he was from Spain, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, he was from Spain. Um, and September 1554, Mary, who was notif- notably a thinner woman, starts gaining weight. She has stopped menstruating, her breasts are swollen, and she felt nauseous in the morning. How did they... <laughs> Mary, you menstruated lately? I'll tell you what, I've been checking that waist bin. I haven't seen anything in there. Your corsets need to be tighter. <laughs> tighter. <laughs> but ooh la la. Mm-hmm. She's just baking a little bun, that's all. Baking a little bun in the oven. <laughs> and uh, so the physicians declare that Queen Mary is pregnant and her subjects cheered over the news. Yeah. <sighs> Mary, Mary, Mary. <laughs> So, during her third trimester... What? Hmm? So, I don't think it goes the way you think it does. I know how it goes. I'm just very into the story, Dyson. (laughs) (laughs) So, 
During her third trimester, England was divided between uh, Catholics and Protestants, and Mary attempted to reunite the country under what she believed to be the true religion. Okay, well, Mary, don't you... Read the room, Mary. Read the room. (laughs) Read the country. (laughs) And then at the end of 1554, she had the Heresies Act brought back, repealing Henry's religious laws, returning Roman Catholicism as the religion of England, and abolishing Edward's religious laws. And so for the Protestants of England, there were few options. You could either be exiled from England, convert to Catholicism, or receive punishment for going against the Queen's ruling. Wow. You got three. And then this would lead to a series of executions that lasted over three years. This is very cult-like. It is. And bloodlust-like, just like her father. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, it's no. in the bloodline. Yeah. Bloody Mary's bloodline. Who knows? So in uh, around 800, rich Protestants fled England while others stayed and proclaimed their beliefs publicly and were the forefront of Mary's ire. Wow. And in February 1555, Mary would approve the first executions in uh, accordance with heresies. And notably, Thomas Cranmer, recanted his protestant faith and rejoined catholic theology and under normal circumstances he would have been absolved of his crimes but mary refused and burned him at the stake holy shit now she's just as much as tyrant as Mm -hmm. you know someone named henry yeah and before his execution he dramatically withdrew his recant to his faith as a protestant dramatically yeah put on a whole show with some flair yeah Right before it happened, I mean, what else you got to do? Like, you're, you got to lose nothing. So you're... I mean, he obviously did a good job because it's, what, 600 years later and we're talking about it? I guess so, right? 500 at least... years later? 1500s. Yeah. Math, math people. Yeah, on. he died on March 1556. <laughs> so um, Thomas Cranmer uh, was the archbishop who declared that Catherine's marriage to Henry was annulled and the marriage between Anne and Henry valid. So she had a grudge to hold. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. And immediately after his execution, Mary named uh, Reginald Pole, the son of Mary's executed governess, as the Archbishop of Canterbury. So the woman who was hacklessly, like, just completely to pieces from the neck and shoulders was... They got the novice swordsman instead of the expert. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, many people were murdered during this time, and no one was safe from her wrath. No. Her preferred form of execution was being burned alive at the stake. Yeah, that's terrible. Mm Mm-hmm. And over 300 people were killed, 56 of them women, and about 30 people died in prison awaiting trials. And these would be tradesmen, married men and women, young and old. Sometimes she would burn couples together. And there was one instance where she burned one couple and their daughter alive. Holy fuck. And. Sorry. No, go ahead. um, Is it mostly for going against the, like, religion? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was the main, main reason for the executions Mm -hmm. for those three years. That's wild. Yeah. And she would be referenced as the um, Marian persecutions. Mm Mm-hmm. And these atrocities would earn Queen Mary the nickname Bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Yes. I mean, yeah. Over 300 people? Over 300 people. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. 
And at the end of April 1555, rumors spread that Mary had given birth to a son. But without any delivery of news to the people, gossip spread that Mary had not been pregnant at all. And there were also rumors that Mary was plotting to steal another woman's baby for her own. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Mary showed to uh, continue to show signs of pregnancy until July 1555 and her stomach receded and it was declared a false pregnancy. And I guess this is where the ritual of Mary, I killed your baby kind of comes in as oh, well. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And during this time, Philip had left England for a war against France. So, so I was just thinking about how she wouldn't even have to plot to steal a baby because she's burning people at the stake left, right, She'll and center. So she could just burn a couple at the stake and then just be like, well, I'm the fucking queen and I can just take your baby now because you're literally going to burn at the stake. Yeah. So what are you going to do about it? She doesn't even have to like plot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she could just take a baby if she wanted it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then from March to July in 1557, Philip had returned to England from the war. So that was three years yeah. later. And uh, Mary believed herself to be pregnant again and anticipated the baby would be due in March in 1558. Mm -hmm. um, this date came and went and Mary did not produce a child. And Mary had experienced symptoms and the start of menopause. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. And in May 1558, Mary fell ill from what is suspected as ovarian cysts or uterine cancer. Oh, God. And Mary passed away on November 17th, 1558 at the age of 42. And upon her death, Philip wrote to his sister saying, quote, I felt a reasonable regret for her death, end quote. Oh, you know, we are, we know, I've been away at war for three years. Like, I didn't really know That's her too anymore. Bad. So, like, you know, it's a loss, I think, right? I should say it's a loss. It's a loss. Yeah, he doesn't really find her attractive. So. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, these people. <laughs> and so. This story, man. I know. And she's she's dying childless. Yeah. So the title is passed to Elizabeth, who would be crowned uh, Queen Elizabeth I. And in her will, she requested to be buried next to her mother. And uh, she was placed in a tomb in Westminster Abbey. And so that was not next to her mother. And Elizabeth would join her there later when she died. Oh, no. So they refused her last will. That's... Oh, you're just setting yourself up for a lifetime of uh, something. You don't even... Better she obviously is a nightmare. You. She's a nightmare of a woman, but... I don't know. You don't want to fuck with that kind of stuff. No, Someone's you just want to at least wish. lay them to rest where they want to be laid to rest, like next to her mother. Like that's the only person that she cared about. And you couldn't even do that. Obviously, she held it that grudge. Mm -hmm. She was 37. Yeah. And her grave says, quote, consorts in realm and tomb. We sisters, Elizabeth and Mary here lie down to sleep in hopes of resurrection. End quote. That's so, yeah, consorts in realm and tomb. I just kind of think that more so references like beholden to others. Mm -hmm. Like they weren't, they couldn't even rule in their own right. That's, yeah. Yeah, that's true. Right. So I was like, that's kind of a slap in the face for her at the end too. It's, it's rough. It's really rough. Yeah. Not only will we not lay you to rest where you requested, but we'll take away your autonomy sort of. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, are you brave enough to face the mirror and risk the wrath of Bloody Mary? Personally? Yeah. Now that you know about uh No, actually, this reinforces why I don't do it. That's, no. <laughs> that's what all of this does. Dyson's going to. We all know that. Do it in a 
do somewhere else. Don't do it in here. Why? 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 There's so many variations. Are you going to do the one where you say it a hundred times or spin in a circle and say it 13 times? Are you going to splash Bloody the mirror Mary. with water? Oh, he's making up his own. Oh, okay. Go. How was that? I wish you'd sit down. Oh. I didn't know Mary was so sporty. Yeah. Why not? You got to summon the hot one. What? <laughs> oh. <laughs> did you not listen? Apparently none of these women were attractive. To you, judgy. Not to Bloody me. Bloody man. He's made a whole cheer out of it. <laughs> so, yes, to answer your question, Paige, Dyson is at least brave enough. Yeah. To look in the mirror and summon the Bloody Mary. Hey, any excuse to look in the mirror, am I right? Okay. <laughs> well, you'll, I'm sure he's already seeing the illusions in the mirror. He's seen something. Do you stare for... Minutes on end into the mirror, into your own eyes, and see apparitions. Yeah. I don't count minutes when I do that. How, Time just gets it. lost when you're hours. in the mirror realm. Oh, he ballparked it to hours. Oh, okay. Just That's a good long session, I guess. Give it a few more and you'll see Satan soon. Mm-hmm. Dope. Practice it, then you can, can navigate through. I will not be joining. No, I will not either. I'm not vain. I do not stare at myself in the mirror. No, mirrors scare me. And I will not be uh, chanting Bloody Mary. For the longest time, when I was younger, I couldn't, and I guess up until like maybe seven years or so ago, I could not have my mirror facing my bed when I slept. It had to be on a wall where I couldn't see anything. Oh, I'm still like that. I, I hate it. I still, I can't do that. It like, freaks me out. Mirror is on the back of my door, so that... I can't see it at all from my bed. Good idea. I don't want to have to like, you know, just like kind of like casually roll over in the middle of the night and you're like, din, din. what the fuck was that? In right. The and then there's like shadows and different shapes uh, in the middle of the night that you're just like, you don't recognize. I've been mm -hmm. staring into the mirror so long and then eventually this stares back at you. <laughs> Tiny little face on your pumpkin <laughs> stares back at you in the mirror. Yeah. I'm sure that's what you'll see tonight when you do it. Oh God, I wish you wouldn't. Can you go, go down to the laundry room and do it in the bathroom in the laundry room? No, because the lights are automatically on. It does need to be a dimly lit room. A lot of them no. do say that. Sorry, my hands are tied. No, the bathroom in the laundry room is not connected to that auto light. It'll be easier to clean up, I guess. Thank you. <laughs> is that your... Your folklore tale of Bloody Mary? It is, yeah. <coughs> that was endlessly fascinating. I enjoyed that so much. God, I am glad. I am so happy to do it. And you got me. You got me so good because I'm sitting here like thinking, Paige is going to be on again. It's her turn. I wonder what kind of cryptid she's going to do. Because mm -hmm. I'm just being in that mindset as like the other two episodes you did. And then you just have Bloody Mary. And I was like, oh, yes, the folklore amazing. side. The folklore aspect of it fits perfectly, too, mm -hmm. with how we are, have been doing spooky season. Yeah, and who doesn't love to be told spooky stories? I was really into it. I'm still thinking about that. Uh, Schlosser? Schlosser. Schlosser? Schlosser. Schlossers. Yes, S-E. Schlosser. <laughs> that story was very spooky. It was very spooky. And the history of the Mary... Bloody Mary. Queen Mary the First. Queen Mary the First. Mary Worth. Wor Worth. Worthington. Worthing. Worthing. Yeah. And Wales. Mary Wales. Yes. It's so fascinating to know like that. 
the back end of it, sort of, where you're like, okay, who hasn't heard of doing Bloody Mary? Yeah, but where does it come from? Where does it come from? Exactly. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun uh, to go through and kind of see uh, everyone's different experience mm -hmm. of what they what they did and and stuff. So I enjoyed it. I think you did a really good job. Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Now I'm just thinking about the next time you're on. I think I'll let you. Um, I think I'll let you keep taking the reins and picking what you want. You trust do. me now. You're gonna let me pick the topics. Absolutely, because they're so <laughs> fun. I was like. Like I said, it caught me off guard. I'm sitting here like, what kind of cryptid is it going to be? Plus the we, anticipation of not knowing. Yeah. It's like we kind of like, we talked about like skinwalkers and stuff. And I'm thinking, what kind of thing could she bring that's spooky? Mm -hmm. And I didn't even, I don't know, just counted out the folklore part. So it's very fun. I, I'm looking forward very much to what you choose to do next time. Well, I like surprising you guys. So I'm, I'm really excited for the next one. It'll be very, very exciting. And in the meantime, if you haven't heard Paige's other episodes, go and check them out. She did Mothman. That was episode 32? 32? Yeah, I was going to say. And then Puck Wedgies was 25. 25. And those were very well done. Thank you. Very fun. It's always a good time. And it's nice to have you on to um, the show so that we can like switch it up. You know, we do like this the true crime stuff, the darker sort of history, mm -hmm. some haunted stuff. But then we get you coming in here with the cryptids and now the folklore. Yeah, I finally get to bring that side. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes and uh, what else I can kind of dig up mm -hmm. and what other stories I kind of get inspired by. And we'll go from there. You you'll be back in December. Yeah. So you'll have a December episode. So holiday episode. Holiday, winter, you know, you have mm -hmm. tons of time to sort of I've been thinking about it. That'll be so fun. Thank you, Paige. Thank it's, you for having me. It's awesome. And thank you everyone for joining us. I hope you liked uh this is episode 3 now in our spooky season season. <laughs> <laughs> and join us next week where we are going to do haunted houses. Ooh, yeah. fun. So I have two houses in um in mind that I'm going to research. One is called Hell House and one is called the Hinsdale House. Hinsdale House. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's what we'll be doing next week. We'll be talking about these two haunted houses. That's exciting. Yeah. Can't so wait. make sure you guys go onto our Instagram, Dark Adaptation Podcast. We're going to post pictures of our jack-o'-lanterns, mm -hmm. our entire pumpkin shrine. Our jack-o'-lanterns are something beautiful to look at. So I would definitely check that out. And again, we want to see yours. Yeah, I do. We, we, we really do. We, 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 we really do. <laughs> Boop, 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 what? <laughs> Jesus. We would love that. We would love to see your jack-o'-lanterns and your cool Halloween decorations. Anything that's fit for spooky season, send it over. Mm -hmm. Impress us. Yes. And if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe. And it would be so helpful if you could rate us five stars. That's Buy us a coffee. Oh, yeah. You can buy us a coffee on our website where we also have sources for every episode we do darkadaptationpodcast.ca so make sure you come back next week for the episode on haunted houses and until then we'll catch you on the dark side bye <laughs> goodbye everyone they're all home <laughs>